Well, praise God, I want to share a word with you. So get your Bibles out. Go to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. I want to share something with you just completely off the cuff. Doesn't follow along with any message or anything I've been preaching. I just going to let something rip. Proverbs 29:18. It says where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. One translation says where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. But I want to talk to you tonight about getting a revelation of God. And uh <clears throat> you know, you hear testimonies a lot. I was joking with Bill this afternoon talking about giving a testimony. And I said, well, let me just get you lined up, you know, and I'll, because I, 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 he's got a testimony for everything. If you need a test, a testimony for quitting smoking, he's got one for this. He's got, he's got, he got, he's got stacks of testimonies of things God's done for him. And, and uh, but you know, a lot of times revelation comes through experience. Okay. Sometimes good experience, sometimes bad experience. All right. And so, a lot of people think that you got to go through a hard time to have a revelation. And I'm here tonight to tell you, you don't have to go through a hard time to have a revelation. You just have to have a heart that's seeking him. Okay? But if people have revelations a lot when they go through hard times because they come to the end of themselves and then they cry out to God. And so a lot of times we're, you know, I mean, I've heard, you know, good, well-meaning Christian people say this. Because we see it happen, so then we think that's the method God uses, and we say, oh, well, you know, they're not quite at the end of the rope. They've got to go down, a little, go down a little farther before they're going to turn to God. Well, that's not really true. I mean, a lot of people do do that, but you don't have to do that. You don't have to go to the bottom. You don't have to become a strung-out drug addict and lose everything in the world and have the police chasing you and be on, you know, the front page of the Cops magazine in order for you to have a revelation from God. It's really... It's really not complicated, okay? It just means that you have to turn your heart towards God and want to seek and find God. So Matthew 16, 13, go there. Matthew 16, 13. Matthew 16, 13. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciple, who do men say that I am? I, the son of man, am. And he said, well, some say John the Baptist, and some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So all these other people that he's talking about, they're thinking out of their heads. See, I believe a lot of people right now are prophesying out of their heads. Okay? Or they may be prophesying out of their heart, but their heart's not right. But they're prophesying out of their heads. They're just guessing at what's coming, guessing at what's going to happen. Well, this just looks like this. And you can get yourself in trouble with that. And these people are all guessing who Jesus is. And so they're saying, well, it's John the Baptist. He's, he's, you know, he's reincarnated. It's no, it's Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. That's who he is. It's Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. And so these guys are, they're just guessing. They're speculating. Okay. But then Jesus said to Peter, he says, but, and he said to them, but who do you say I am? And Peter answered and said, well, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood is not revealed this to you. This is the kind of revelation I'm talking about. I'm talking about a revelation that comes from your heavenly Father, a revelation that comes that's not revealed to you by flesh and blood. It's not revealed to you by 
science. It's not revealed to you by your, 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 your vast knowledge or your thinking of this. I'm talking about a revelation that comes to you, maybe in the dark of the night, maybe in a dream, a revelation that comes to you that so changes your life and alters your life that it came from heaven. It did not come from man or anything on this earth. Okay. When that kind of revelation comes into you, it changes your whole life. Now, when Peter got this revelation that Jesus was the son of God, he wasn't in a bad place. I mean, he's in the spotlight. He's kind of in the limelight. He's going around with the Messiah. He's going around with Jesus. Miracles are happening. Things are happening, man. It's popping here and there. It's a good time. But if you think back, Peter had this experience in the boat when he first heard Jesus. And when he first heard Jesus and he's speaking, and, and he, remember he got out in the boat and said, go ahead and push out the crowds too much, push out a little bit. And, and he pushed out. And Peter's sitting there washing his net, listening to Jesus talk. And something connected with him in his heart. And Jesus says, well, put, put your net out on the other side of the boat. And you'll make a big catch. And he says, well, Lord, nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. In other words, uh, we've been fishing all night. We ain't caught nothing. So, But at your word. See, all of a sudden, he's being moved by the word of Jesus. Folks, I'm asking you tonight, are you, are you living your life moved by the word of Jesus? There's a lot of things going on in the world right now, a lot of deception, a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, non-truth. You know, I've already preached for a year over, you know, the, the, the time we live right now, there's lots of deception and deceiving spirits upon the face of the earth, and there's so much deception going on. It's hard sometimes to understand what truth is. And, and you're listening to all this stuff. And man, if you're just tuned into the radio and you're just following along like that, I mean, man, you're going to get, you're going to get over down in the ditch. You don't need a revelation that comes from CNN. You don't even need a revelation that comes from Fox News. You need a revelation that comes from the almighty God. Hello? You need a revelation that God's speaking to, and you know everything's going to be okay, that God's got you in the palm of his hand, ain't nothing going to take you out, that the love of God is shed abroad through the blood of Jesus for you, and that you're loved by God. You need to that revelation right now in this time that when, when whatever comes up, you say, man, thousand will fall up my side and 10,000 my right hand, but it ain't coming nigh me. That's the revelation you have to have. And you're not going to get a revelation by just sitting around thinking. Listen to me. You're not going to get a revelation by just going to church or tuning into the broadcast just because you should. You're going to get a revelation because you're hungry and you're seeking him. You want to know what the truth of God's word is, not the news channels. Okay. Now. <clears throat> I, I, I'm, I hate to admit these kind of things because it shows my age, but I'm not real good with electronics. I'm not good with settings and all these things and trying to get all this stuff figured out and how it works and all that. And, and I know that, and, you know, and it, it, it makes me, it dates me. <laughs> how about that? But one thing I found is, you know, like, <clears throat> like I can sometimes get just the television messed up. You know, like I get closed caption going. I don't know how I got closed caption on there. Why is there closed caption in my TV? And I can't figure out what button I push to do it and I have to try to do this. And so, you know, but you know, there's a, there's a deal called seek mode, you know, and, and, it, and it's seeking out the mode to be in or whatever. You push this little button on different things and it's called, it's called seek mode. I mean, you can go find it. 
Well, actually, don't because you're probably going to mess something up. But actually, when I saw this the other day, it hit me as seek mode is a setting that Christians need in their life. That we push the button and we begin to seek God. We begin. How about this one? You know how like when you're waiting for something to download and the little deal's spinning, right? Okay, that's how you need to be spinning, seeking, seeking, seeking. Look at Matthew 7, 7. I mean, this is a simple message tonight, but folks, I'm telling you, it could be the most powerful thing you've ever heard in your entire life. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. I mean, how much more simple can you get than that? I remember there was a time, uh, 1985, and uh, we'd just gotten saved and I was hungry for God and I just was excited and I was starting to read my Bible and it was just all fresh and like I'd never heard it before and I was just so hungry for God and we came to a meeting up here in Utopia Actually, over at the Methodist Church, there was a Jewish man preaching. His name was Benjamin Rubin, and he was preaching. And I, I listened to this guy preaching. He just preached like nobody had ever heard. And, and, and I was just mesmerized by him. And, oh, I just thought if I could talk to this man, if I could ask this man the secrets of God, I would, you know, uh, uh, he would be able to tell me. And, and then, boom, I would just be off. And, and so I got a meeting with him. And i never forget, how he, he, you know, he was traveling. He was a traveling minister. He was a Polly in his bedroom t- trying to take a nap. And, and I got in there and he came down and he saw that I was hungry, saw that I was really seeking God. And, and he asked me, he says, what, what do you want to ask me? And I said, man, I'm, just, I'm so hungry for God. I want to I wanna know him. And, and, and I just want to know what do I need to do? I mean, what, 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 you know, what's, what's the, the one, two, three step plan? You know, what do I do? And I never forget, I was expecting these words of, huge prophetic, you know, something that was going to alter my whole state of being. And he looked at me and he said, well, just seek him. And I was like, what? I mean, I built myself up all afternoon to come down here and talk to you, and you're going to say, just seek him? Well, I know I was seeking, but I mean, how? What do I do? I mean, you know, get, is it on your knees? Is it, you know, how is it seeking him? What, what, you know, what? And, and he said, just seek him. He said, just seek him, and if you seek him truly with a pure heart, then he'll find you, and it'll be okay. And I'm like, well, this is not what I wanted to hear, you know? No. I wanted to hear the thunder of God. But, I mean, it's really the truth, folks. You cannot seek God. He says, if you seek him with a pure heart, you're always going to find him. If you seek God for an advantage, or you seek God to get him to do what you want him to do for you, or if you're seeking God to, you know, put a curse on somebody, you know, then, then you're, you're not pure, your heart's not pure, you're not right. But if you just want to know him and want to know his truth and really want to have a revelation of Jesus and really want to sit at his feet, really want to be a Mary, not a Martha, okay, and sit at his feet, you're going to find Jesus. He's going to speak to you. And you don't have to go through the horrible trauma of life. You don't have to go through the, the, the horrible horrible situation. It's just that those horrible situations, people turn to God many times and he's there for them. But you don't have to go there. You can have a revelation all the time. You can have a revelation uh, if you'll just simply seek and ask with a pure heart. Now, a lot of times, and let me just paraphrase all this. A lot of times we, we want to seek God because we need out of a situation. But you know, he knows us. And he knows our hearts. And he is so good that he will help us 
But he also knows that you're only seeking him at that time because you're trying to get out of the spot you're in. He wants somebody that seeks him in the morning and at noon and in the evening. David sought the Lord three times a day. He wanted somebody that would seek him all the time, somebody that really wanted to fellowship with him and walk in the garden with him. Not just, well, it's Sunday, we've got to go to church, we're going to pray. Oh, it's time to eat supper, let's pray. You know, No, it was, a, it was, his, it was every day a seeking of him purely from the heart. And folks, you can put yourself in seek mode. You just got to push the button. You just got to shut this stupid world out and all the, man, do y'all realize, have y'all ever thought about this? If we lived in sleepy little utopia in, 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 the, in the, the, the land that time forgot here and you didn't have a television and you didn't have an internet and we just basically went to town and fellowshiped and went you know, to the store and got our stuff, that's the only communication we had with people. And you drove in and you didn't have a radio on. You didn't have all that stuff on. Do you realize how simple our life would be? Do you realize how good it would be if you just weren't listening to all this stuff? You didn't even know, we, you didn't even know they had a war in Afghanistan. We left it. Well, I didn't know we even had one. I can still remember my grandfather getting the express news, you know, the newspaper on a Sunday and reading it, sitting down and going over it and looking and saying, Oh, well, this is going on. You know, that was the first news he was getting of the week, the Sunday paper. Man, how simple life would be. We just woke up in the morning and worshiped God, loved him, read our Bibles, did our work, never listened to all these outside things going on, never went in there, found out somebody needs some help. You went over and then helped them. You just went, well, it was a blessing. You just, you know, did this and, you know, oh, man. But now we're all at the cafe talking about this, that, and the other. Who's vaccinated? Who's not? Who's going to get? Who isn't? You know, oh, my God, this. Did you see this video? What happened over here? Holy cow, this is going to happen. Just in a minute, this is going to happen. Disaster is going to strike. This is going to happen. And all this is going to happen. And it's going to go this way. No, it's not. It's going to go this way. And just wait till the 22 elections, you know. The, I'm just like, sheesh. It's going to be some other idiot elected. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just telling you, go get yourself all wrapped up in that. Get yourself all wrapped up in, in, in how's it going to work out? Who's this going to happen? Trump's coming back and this is going to go over here. La, 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 la. And sometimes I'm telling you folks, you need to just shut all that stuff out. You need to be seeking God. You're not going to go wrong by seeking him. You're not going to go wrong by fellowshipping with him. You're not going to go wrong by sitting down and having a cup of coffee with him. Okay. Go to Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one. I'm going to give you a revelation to seek. Okay? I'm going to give you an assignment here, a revelation to seek. Ephesians 1. Now, I want to show you this is how I seek God. You can be different. Like I said, we're all different people, but I just want you to understand this is a revelation. This is me seeking a revelation. It's out of Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Huh, I'll be. Father, who has blessed us, well, wait, that's past tense. That means you already have blessed me. That means I'm already blessed. That means you're not going to bless me, although you're going to bless me, but I've already blessed, but I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So how do I get it from heaven to earth? Y'all following with this. I'm just giving you an example of, with, of me reading a scripture here and how I'm seeking the Lord. Well, okay, you're going to get from heaven to earth, Okay. Well, wait a minute, you blessed me in the heavenly places. Oh, in Christ. Huh. All right. Well, 
Wait a minute. You mean you mean when I got saved and I got in Christ? You mean when I got saved and I was born again in Christ? I got in, I was, yeah, that's right. I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. Huh. Just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. Oh, that's man, that's hard to believe, Lord, that you already chose me before the foundation of the world. Man, that's mind blowing that I was already chosen when I was in my mother's womb. You already chose me to come in here to be this and that. Well, Lord, what talk about thinking ahead? I can't do two or three things at the same time, Lord God. I can't keep them going. How are you already thinking about all this? Now, see, I'm just giving you an insight into the conversation that I would have with the Lord. That's all I'm doing here. I'm just I'm, I'm just putting this in there and just saying this is my kind of seeking the Lord. All right. Then it goes on. It says. As he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Wow. You when I went in Christ, you made me holy. And without blame, Lord, blame, man, I've been blamed so much for stuff. Everybody blames me for this, blames me for that. Feel like everything's on me. I guess that's not right, because if I'm in Christ, but then I, I, I'm, I'm not, have any blame. Wow, Lord, that's precious. That we should be holy without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Lord, you've adopted me. I'm in the family of God. Well, Lord, that makes me think over there of uh, Galatians, where you said, Lord, that my spirit cries out, Abba, Father. So just like a baby's crying for its Parents are crying for milk or crying for food, but that's me crying before you this morning. I don't ever read my Bible without my concordance there, without everything laying around me. I get off on rabbit trails. I go off seeking words, seeking scriptures, looking at stuff. Oh, Lord, look, what do you mean? Uh, uh, adoption. What does adoption mean? How many kids are adopted in the world? And, you know, uh, Lord, well, how many orphans are there? And, and I'm glad I'm not an orphan, Lord. And, you know, I'll get off and go off and over in here. But the whole time, the Holy Spirit's leading me, speaking to me, instructing me, talking to me. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. And I, 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 and I, I mean, Lord, <laughs> you're telling me my sins are forgiven. They're all washed away by the blood of Jesus. They're all washed away by the blood. I don't, have to, I don't have to feel guilty today. Lord, that's an amazing thing. Thank you, Lord, for that we don't have to feel guilty. Thank you, Lord God, that I'm delivered from guilt. Thank you, Lord God, that I'm set free by the blood of Jesus. I don't have to listen to you, devil. You're a lie, no good for nothing. Cheating, dog-faced, no good, lying devil. I ain't listening to you. I don't have to walk in guilt. I don't have to walk in shame. Oh, God, thank you for that. I don't have to walk in shame. Lord, I don't have to walk in shame. Thank you, Jesus, I don't have to walk in shame because I repented and you forgave me. It's all behind me under the blood. Even if somebody brings something up, it don't make no difference under the blood. See, church, this is how you seek God. This is how you seek God. I'm not, I'm not, this is nothing is in the notes here, okay? I'm not dramatizing this or making a play out of this. I'm just telling you, this is my heart. This is what I'm telling you gets me to heaven and gets me into the presence where I get a revelation that I already have been blessed. And it's not that Robert's something special. Robert's not anything special. But I just love Jesus. I want to have a heart to seek him. And when you seek him, you're going to find him. And it's not in your rote prayers. It's not going to come about in your... Uh, 
daily devotional. They're fine. They're good. They're good assets. They're good things. But it's when your heart starts crying out for him to really know who he is. How did, Lord, that's just too amazing that you forgive me of all my sins. And that's truly your heart crying out to him. Folks, you're about to get a revelation from heaven that will change your life. Now, let me just say this. Let me just, this is, I could go on and go on and go on and go on here, but just go read it for yourself. Luke chapter 15, the story of the prodigal son. We know it. We don't want it by heart, okay? But just think about this. The, the son <clears throat> did not have a revelation of who his father was. If he had, he wouldn't have left. But the whisper in his, the, the son's ear was that there was something better out there than what was offered at home. Now, I want to tell you something. This may sound terrible, but let me just tell you something. (laughs) How do I say this and not get really in trouble? Um, The best place to seek God is right in the midst of, the own, of your own sanctuary you've created at your home. The best place to seek God is right there in your own sanctuary that you've created in your own home. If you don't have a sanctuary in your home, I'm not talking about you went out and made a little grotto or whatever you call those things out there. I'm talking about right at your, if you're not doing this every day at all the time and you already have your own sanctuary, your own appointment time that you're doing every day with God in this place like this. That's your best place. Listen, you can go off to a conference and you can whoop and run up and down and chase and whip and wave flags or do whatever you want to. And it may be exciting and good, but I'm going to tell you something. The place you're going to have every day to find God is going to be right there at your coffee table. And if you can't find God, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. If you can't find God at your coffee table, well, then you're not going to find him anywhere else. And people are always going and seeking something else. So we're going to seek this, seek this, seek this. I'll tell you, man, if you can't do it at home, you're not going to get it anywhere else. Now, maybe sometimes you have to remove yourself to get yourself to quit thinking about everything, to quit, you know, whatever, get the phones away from you and all that. Okay. I'm not, but I'm just saying, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus right there, you're not going to have the son sitting at home with the father and he thinks it's better over there. Why? Because that's the whisper in his ear. So he goes off, he gets himself in trouble. Then all of a sudden it says, he came to himself. What happened? He, yeah, his revelation, his eyes were open. He, all of a sudden he's like, oh man, what am I doing? At my father's house, he has servants over there and, they, and there's servants in my father. But man, he feeds them, takes care of them, loves them. I'll just go home and say, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, but, but just make me like one of your hired servants. So he's still not thinking right. He's still not thinking about sonship. He's still not thinking about full restoration. He's just thinking about, I'm not going to have to try to eat pig food and be abused by the heathens out here. Right? So he goes home. He sees the father. Right? He's going home to see the father. And he's down the road and the father's sitting on the front porch. And he looks down the road and he sees the son coming and breaks and runs and runs to the son before he ever gets home. Right? I mean, y'all know the story. Go read it again. If you don't know this, if you don't know Luke 15, go read Luke 15. Starts in verse 11. Go read it. But he goes down and runs up to the son. And the son starts his speech. Father, please forgive me. I've sinned against you and against heaven. No longer worthy to be called your son. 
The father cuts him off and tells the servants, go bring the robe, go bring the, 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 the ring, go bring the shoes, and go kill the fatted calf, right? Now, if you don't have a revelation of how much God loves you, then folks, I'm going to tell you something. You're not, you're, you're, man, you're living subpar a Christian life. If you don't understand how much God loves you, but he wants you to get out of the pig pen in life, and he wants you to get out of the mess in life, and he wants you to turn your heart towards him. And as soon as the son turned his heart towards God, God restored to him everything that was his and maybe better because he had a revelation. The kid had a revelation then. And the problem is today is a lot of Christians don't have any revelation of God. They're just reading this and that and being, being taught this and that and listening to what this guy has to say and that guy has to say. And they don't have a revelation of who Jesus is because if they had a revelation of who Jesus is, well, then they wouldn't be acting like they're acting. End of story. And we've got to get revelations. We've got to live by revelations. We've got to have revelations to Jesus. I'm not talking about, oh, oh yay, hey, that's said the Lord. The end time's coming. No, I'm talking about, do you know God loves you? Do you know what his grace is? Do you know what it is to repent and be forgiven and to feel God's touch on your life and to set you free from the chains and the yokes that the devil has got you tied up with? Do you know what it's like when the devil whispers in your ear and you recognize it and you can tell him to shut up and go away? Do you realize the authority that you have in, in Christ that you can, you know, anything you ask in the name of Jesus, it'll be done? <laughs> Do you know where the limits of your authority are? Do you know who you are in Christ? Do you know what your gifts are in Christ? Do you know what God's called you to do? Do you know what your purpose is on this uh, existence in this world? Well, all those things can be found right at your coffee table. And all it takes is a heart to seek him. All it takes is a heart that wants to seek him. Right? Asking it shall be given. Seeking you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open to you. So my challenge to you all is, let's be like the prodigal son. If you're living in a pig pen, get out. Go home. Daddy's got something better for you, okay? If you think that you're full of, you know, you got too much pig manure on you and you stink too bad, nobody's going to want to love you, well, then that's called repentance. It's called getting a, a new robe. It's called washing you and cleansing you by the blood of Jesus. So all you have to do is repent. All you have to do is repent and ask Jesus to wash you with his blood. And he will. And then you're right. Father's going to throw the robe on you and the ring on you and the shoes on your feet. Kill the fatted calf. But let's don't live a life of torment. Let's don't live a life when Jesus has paid so much a price for us to be free. Let's don't live a life of torment. Let's don't live in that place of not knowing the love of God and that he has for each and every one of us. Because, folks, it's just too costly. It is just too costly to live without that relationship with Jesus. Amen? So praise God. I just challenge you. Go put it to, your, to play. Go put it to, into action in your life right now. And see what God does for you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, praise God. Short word tonight, but good word. I tell you, this word will change your life. Amen? Praise God. Well, stand up. Let me pray over you. Let me bless you. Let me pray over your tithes and your offerings. Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name. I pray for these people. I pray that tonight this message is heard around the world and that people get hungry to seek for you. People that quit playing, people quit playing games, quit playing church, quit messing with religion, and they just get down to the basics. They ask, they seek, they knock, they find you, oh God. 
And so, Lord, I pray that we have a heart to seek you. I pray that here at Living Waters, Lord, we have hungry Christians who are hungry for you, that want to keep going on with you and want to learning, want to learn from you. Lord, that no matter how simple it may seem, no matter how ignorant our conversations may be with you, I thank you that we can always have them with you. And you love it. You love to just be with your people. So I ask you tonight to bless them, Lord God. Bless their time they have with you. Bless the, 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 the word that they read. Let it come alive to them. Let it change their lives. Lord, bless their finances. Bless their, their, their tithes, their offerings, Lord. Bless everything that they put their hands to, because, Lord, that's what, that's what your word tells us, that everything we put our hands to will prosper. And so, Lord, I just thank you for it. I praise you for it tonight, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.